When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Johnny. Wow. Hey. Talk, a, talk about a fun time. Ain't technology great? <laughs> I'm your host, Scott Feldman, with Tenants Creative Director Johnny Ciotti. After a, a numerous... We are live with Johnny. How are you? Good, good. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully they're not hearing the feedback I'm getting. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm alive and well. Are you there? <laughs> are, are, are you not hearing me i didn't hear a word you said but uh, now i hear you see everybody this is what we have to deal with with this ghetto uh, podcast thing we do uh welcome to very windy los angeles i want to blame it on wind but that absolutely has nothing to do with this i'm sure so you know, it, 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 it could it could right it, it definitely could um i'm you know, I'm not going to rule that out, but um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> let me know if I cut out for some reason, and and if we have any issues, we'll just try to address them as we. It'll roll. It'll, it'll cut out right as you're about to give the most brilliant, you know, little little piece of info of the whole podcast. But let's let's go with this and see what we get. So, first of all, how you been? Uh, I mean, goodish. Uh, goodish. As as you know, there's been a lull in some of the uh, the podcasting, at least with me as a. As yep. a co-host, um, I got the uh, the Rona there, yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, I don't recommend Rough it. Time. Yeah, that was bad, wasn't it? <clears throat> yeah, so I, you know, for for our listeners, um, I highly recommend not getting it. That's just a suggestion of mine. So if you can avoid it, yeah. avoid avoid getting it, avoid giving it. It's uh, it's not very fun. Amen, amen. Well, everybody, be safe out there, and. Uh... It's tough times, but we're all getting through this, and hopefully, we're giving you guys a little fun uh, distraction with uh, with the things we do here at Tenant. So, Johnny, uh, lots of new going on, new year, new ideas. Um, what you what you got cooking in the uh, in the in the studio there? What, what are you What are you thinking of uh, working on next? Well, you know, twenty twenty one has has brought a lot of things to the table, and um, one of those being being opportunity, and so. Um, you know, we thought about this a lot, uh, you know, in the, in the last couple of months and it was just time to redo some things. So, uh, a lot of tanks got pulled down, a lot of tanks got torn apart and, uh, there's some empty canvases right now. Nice. Um, but, uh, it, it made me want to reflect. It made me want to kind of reassess you know, what, what's some of the driving factors here, what, what makes me tick, uh, and now that I'm spending more time with my aquascapes than ever before, it's what do I enjoy out of them mm-hmm. truly? And, um, what are some areas that I just haven't gotten to explore? And so if, if now's the time let's, let's do it. So, um, that didn't answer your question at all, but it no, answers no, it, why the why, yeah. <laughs> the why, but that's, that's a good, that's a good point though. It, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to seek the answers through your aquascaping sort of. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not going to find them, but, uh, it's, it's (laughs) the, it's the process that, um, that makes it enjoyable. Um, the process is the answer. So, um, you know, the, the big one that I'm working on right now is this, uh, 
pond paludarium immersed it's kind thing, of a thing. Uh, yeah, r- riparian. I, I don't do know you, what it is. It's what do you box. think about that? It, what do you think about that? That that thing is it? Do you think this is something we're seeing a lot of people do variations of that? Is, is what do you think that is? Is that people are just kind of bored with the normal tank configurations and just moving on? It's becoming a trend for whatever reason. Or what, well, do you, what do you see there? You know, I, I I believe that there's there's just a greater saturation um of of the space you know there's more people doing aquascaping in general and right. they're exploring faster things are moving more or less exponentially they're, they're like iter- they're iterating tanks they're, quicker and they're just iterating quicker they're they're coming yeah. up with new ideas and they're exploring areas and i think i think also people have just kind of been like, you know, why, why have we always filled these things up to the damn top? Like it, right. you don't have to like, yeah, we have it, but we, you don't need to fill it to the rim. Um, and, you know, people have tried to expand aquascaping out of the top of the aquarium since Amano, you know, right. the, the, the first time Amano br- broke that line, right. Um, you know, the, the rest of the world has, has kind of followed suit. Um, and, I think we, we, it, to a certain degree, we run out of being able to continuously travel up with, um, you know, out the aid of stability. <laughs> air, of some air type. Tent to, air yeah. And stop fish. Yeah. You know, so, um, uh, I, I know of a lot of people that have done some really impressive stuff going way, way up and out, uh, like, you know, yeah. Jeff Sensky, Jeff, he's, he's, he's just yeah. gone through the roof with, with a lot of things, but at a point you're like, well, okay. So if I need more of this kind of space here and less water, we you just, I guess, lower the water level. Yeah. Do you see paludarium being like, uh, I don't think, yeah, it's not, answer, or is it, it's not, not going anywhere. Yeah. It, I, I don't know if it's, if that's the answer. I think it's just, we as artists are exploring nature in this glass box confine. Um, it, it's, it is what it is. You know, we're, we're just exploring in this space and we're, we're trying to express in this space. Um, so I don't know if it necessarily needs like a title, I don't know if we need right. to like really call it we a hate, thing. We don't like using titles here. Yeah, that's true. But, but you know, one thing I think I've noticed because of the, and you've noticed this too with the messages and DMs and emails that we get, a lot of people are, are talking about creating a specific habitat almost holistically. They're saying, where does such and such a fish come from? What would be the features of that environment? How would I do this in the aquarium? How could I simulate that? But it's not just the underwater. They're thinking of the whole environment. Like, it comes from a forest stream. What's surrounding the pool of water or the stream of water? You know, there's like a more of a... It's a holistic sort of mantra yeah. that... I mean, we, we've, we've talked about this for a long time. A lot. And, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't stem from us. It doesn't, it doesn't just grow from us. And oh, I think it's, it's, no. it's everybody in and around what we do um, together have, have kind of started to just look at what's above and beyond and below and around these environments and, and at what time of year. So, you know, it used to just be these defined stylistic elements for aquascaping. And now it's like, well, what's the expression for autumn in the Kalimantan? Like what, what, what happens at the river's edge there? Or, you know, let's go deeper. Where, where is it when, when the entire scape is underwater or what, you know, right. so we're explain we're exploring those things and trying to explain um, 
hang on two seconds there. Little, little dog, dog interruption. Issue. Yeah. Dog, just, dog issue. Just, the, just two, two seconds, everyone. The beauty, the beauty of live podcasting, everybody. This is what happens when we, uh, when we do this live, anything can happen. Usually it's a technical problem, but every once in a while it's a dog problem or a wife problem or something falls over or the, the FedEx guy problem. So things happen, but uh Hope you're, hope you're get right back. All right. So, so yeah, I I run into an interesting issue, Um, you know, uh, over the pandemic, over the course of this pandemic, um, my dog, Penny has, has gotten really accustomed to being able to kind of sit in my lap in certain areas. Like when I sit here, um, it's, it's game on Um, when I'm at my desk, you know, maybe not so much, but so it's like, (laughs) she's gotten accustomed to it and she was already pretty comfortable with it before the pandemic. Cause I, I get to work, I get the luxury of working from home often. And, uh, but this one, it's just like, she's like, dude, it's that time of day. What are you, what are you, what are you doing? Like this phone I'm, thing's not working. I'm supposed yeah. to be in your lap. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, so, so back to this sort of where we're at. Yeah. The, the, this half, half filled thing. Um, you know, I guess it's just opportunity. Like it's, it's not necessarily needing to be defined by any one specific parameter in the aquarium or in that glass box. Um, and looking at all of the things that can go into it, it's, it's just taking an idea from someplace else and expressing that is creatively as possible. Yeah. You know, you know what, you know what I like about it though, about the, the idea of doing these paludarium, barbarium, whatever you want to call them, is that you're pulling from different areas of hobby, your different skill skills that you've acquired over the years and forces you to kind of sometimes get out of your comfort zone. Some people aren't as comfortable working with terrestrial plants or soil or whatever. So you get to do all kinds of different things. And maybe that's, maybe that's some of the, the reason for this burgeoning interest too, is we've hunger to do more. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, if you, if you start to get bored in one area, which is kind of difficult in this hobby because there's so many, so many options, but yeah, you know, there's, I think we're just curious people and we want to know how things work. And the only way that you can really figure that out with nature is by setting up experiments. And yeah, it's, um, you know, it's just a big science project, um, that happens to be cool looking. So exactly. So, so, okay. So what, what is your like thinking right now? What do you, you're going to do a thing like that now or is that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what's um, your thing going to be? I've, I've gotten, I typically abstain from looking at other people's aquariums or trying to to pull anything from them, but some of them just kind of fall into your lap and there's, there's no way of avoiding it. And so, um, there's two individuals that have just been cranking out these like immersed emergent growth, um, just very low water line um, type of setups. It's like shrimpery. Yep. Um, you know, him. yeah, he's just been killing it. And, and, yeah. and I'm like, well, it's impossible to not be inspired by it. Like that's had they're, impact. They're just so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's had impact on the hobby. It's had, um, you know, impact on just about anybody that sees it, you can't forget it. And then the other one, um, which I think probably pulled inspiration from, from Trimpery also is Parisian scape. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, he's been doing them and I was like, ah, you know, I, I do, I do love this area and I've been growing immersed plants in my greenhouse for a long time. I've, I'm not unfamiliar with growing immersed plants and I've been doing it for, you know, a a decade or more. Um, and, I just haven't done one though, 
Blackwater. And, and that was the nice. thing where I was like, you oh, know, God, like kind of an ambassador for it's this sort of thing. In, Why am I right. not doing this? It'd be a natural extension of what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I want to try it. And, um, I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to do a little one though. I want to do something bigger. So, um, uh, Ultim nature systems gave me a 90 L I think they call it. Nice. So it's three feet long, three feet. Yeah. Three feet long, a foot tall, foot wide. Um, Ooh, nice. Beautiful stand and uh, this uh, AquaWorks light and mm-hmm. and um, you know I was like hey all right cool this is this is a thing that I want to do and um, you know obviously tannin supplied every other scaping element that would possibly be needed and um, and then a few other brands decided to jump on board and I, I just like to be transparent with that stuff because people are yeah, going to no, see no, this and you know and I was like hey talking about this idea with CJ and they're like let me get you an internal filter and. And so it just well, you know, it's neat. It's neat for the brands too because they get to see their equipment used in ways they maybe didn't think about. Well, that's the uh, that's know, and, the and thing. It's not, it's not like you're sponsored and trying to be like, oh yeah, hey man, I'm a I'm a fanboy. It's like no, I'm getting to use some new equipment in a different way, and everybody wins. And I think that's part of it. It's as yeah. as hobbyists as we progress, as we're progressing these scapes. If you have the if you have sort of the privilege of being sponsored or you have the skill set that's gotten you into that position have this dialogue with the people that are supporting your systems like you know let them know what you're doing or where the trends are going so that they can make better equipment or they can they can find things it's it's why you and i were able to find and develop you know it it came from a a specific need state that um you know there was just there was no nobody else to do that. Um, yeah, we had we had to do a lot of this stuff ourselves initially because there just wasn't a lot of. We were doing some weird stuff for a right. while there, and it's nice it's, it's nice to see so many people that are so talented running with this stuff and in turn inspiring other people. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So so you got okay. So you got this uh, this three foot tank, and then what, what's your idea? Are you going to do like a specific a representation of like a uh, a generic kind of an environment. No, no, no. So yeah, what's that's your, what's your game the, plan? the the holistic vibe that's kind of been going on. Um, brought me to an area where I have not explored enough. So you know, India in general yeah. is an area where I'm like, I just not done a ton of it. Like I've I've used plants yeah. from India um, mm-hmm. in you know traditional sort of a mono esque nature aquarium style. Uh, use them for a very long time, the Pogo Stamon and, and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just like, well, let me just take this this general location and a specific environment for it. I'm like, I, I really want to do something immersed, you know, waterline, mm-hmm. river's edge, emergent growth, um, right. and a fish that I've not done or is underutilized in the hobby. And, um, you know, and just and just play with that. And so I landed in in India and um, mm-hmm. the fish that really stood out to me are these, you know, the, the Danio, you know, just the, yeah. and um, right. there's a, there's a cool variant of a leopard, you know, leopard Danio. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's found all over is that sort Kurs of region. Yeah. Is it Kurs? Yep. Yeah. Those are cool. And so um, I'm like, this is a cool little fish. Um, you know, it, it, it needs length. It doesn't need a whole lot of height. I'm like, this could, this could yeah. work really well in this environment. It's only going to have, four or five, maybe six inches of water in this tank. 
um, it'll go up and down, you know, it'll be uh, what it's going to be. And and I'm like, all right, cool. So let's focus on that. Let's focus on um, mostly, mostly this Pogo Stamon um, Erectus. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. I want something that's going to look beautiful in the home as well. Cause you know, I look at my space holistically and I'm like, all right, this is bright, you know, verdant sort of green and um, this really intense, um, uh, you know, highly saturated purple, uh, like a violet color. I think, I think the first time I ever saw that plant was at your house years ago. You've been working with that species probably before anybody I ever knew even knew what it was. I mean, it's a finicky one. It's a finicky one. It's been around for a while. Um, I was originally introduced to that plant. I think in 2006, I was in, in Japan and there was a, uh, an aquaphora shop down downstairs in the you know subway and they had that plant growing immersed, uh, in like this, uh, wow. you know, little wabikusa sort of setup, and it was just beautiful, just growing. And I was like, okay, this is super cool. Um, I, I got to try this plant. So I fiddled with it for, you know, for years. Um, it's touchy though. Like, uh, it, it'll, it'll melt, you know, if you look at it wrong, um, the, yeah. the tissue cultured variants, um, you know, used to be really finicky. Uh, the stuff that I got from, from boost plant was really good, but I put it directly into the greenhouse and, and grew it from there. And so, um, mm-hmm. it's just been a finicky plant doesn't ship well. Um, so it's something you got to work with for a good period of time to, before you have enough to, to actually do any scaping with it. Um, so, that's a fun one. Um, and, and that was a huge consideration was just like, what kind of plants do I want to work with? And there's some cosmopolitan right. stuff, the Eliocaris and, uh, mm-hmm. some types of sedges. Nymphaea Nymphaea, it's like just that. not enough water to do nymphaea, but it's too shallow. Yeah. Too four shallow. four yeah. inches of water is just, um, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it's not going to be enough. And so, um, but there's a, there's a lot of, lot of really cool stuff out there that, um, that's awesome you know, inspired me to do that, that location and, um, do something a little bit more unique. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. So passage to India. That's yeah. cool. See that. And that's, and, and again, it's fun to discover. Something I like about the hobby is the longer you're in it, the more you, you think about an idea like that, that you haven't thought about for years. Like, again, like India, there's so many cool Indian fishes and you just, you just haven't thought about them and here they are, um, you know, time to use them. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's neat. It's a, for you, it's like a whole new experience. And probably with an old friend that you've, you may have had when you were a kid or something, but never really looked at it seriously designing an aquarium around it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's kind of it. Um, and just expanding, um, continuously expanding and, and trying something new all the time. So, so that's one of your projects in 2021. I'll tell you mine. I'm, I'm obsessed with, as you know, I'm still obsessed with brackish and botanical style brackish tanks. I just think there's so much there with, I love my mangroves. Um, I just want to get the right kind of, kind of tank, kind of like what you're talking about, a shallow tank instead of a tall tank this time. And um, just really go for that that look that I did before, but maybe with a shallow water tank. And maybe even like a reef type tank or a lagoon type tank, actually go full on saltwater and pull those elements of leaves really? and stuff in there and little bits of wood. I'm really craving, I don't know why, it's not because I've like, falling off the wagon and I want to fall back in love with coral. It's just, I think it would be fun to look at some of the fishes that, that make that transition from brackish to salt, like 
some of the rainbow fishes like the pseudomugil species and you know blue eyes stuff like that um maybe play with some full-on reef fishes i don't know like things you'd find in a lagoon something about i love these muddy weird kind of environments like the shorelines that where the where the mangroves grow um where the the the, some some of the terrestrial plants like you were talking about will grow brackish is fascinating to me and our approach to brackish i think is pretty cool and and I think we're very substrate centric lately. So that's kind of yeah, something that, that is a, you know, that's a big one. And I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to sort of unpack where you're going to go with the substrate, yeah. because I think that that subconsciously was something else that played into my decision for India also was looking at these, mm-hmm. these videos that I see online of this silty or muddy or sandy yep. substrates and just being like, ah, you know, I, I love the look see, that's going on here. What, what is this? That's a big thing too. And, and, and the neat thing is that you're talking about the silty sandy substrate. It's not just the substrate too, but the environment that it creates within the aquarium. And I find it fascinating. You and I can't be the only people that are sort of obsessed with these substrates and the impact they have on the water, the turbidity or the, the clarity, the overall look. Because I'm finding more and more people, I'm not sounding, trying to sound commercial, but more people that have been using our sedimented substrates, the nature-based stuff, they they're getting it they're like oh i get it the water's cloudy for a little bit it's never crystal crystal clear it it, the water becomes the feature yeah and it mimics what you see in nature and i think maybe that's what you're you're seeing something there that that you like when you look at those pictures of india you're going wow there's something there the way the substrate interacts with the water and the plants i think that's a whole thing we just haven't played with much you know i i I, i couldn't agree more with you i think um i think it's an area that just needs more time to explore. I think that more people should be, um, you know, trying to figure, figure that aspect out or adopt that aspect into, um, into their aquarium. Um, more as a philosophy to their aquarium philosophy, rather than just the aquascape yeah. itself. It's like, how and why is this there? Um, I guess I just keep going back to the why for a lot of these things. The why that's a, well, that's a cool thing because a lot of, I think people that approach things purely from an artistic or an aquascaping standpoint, sometimes I feel like they're almost missing out. I know it sounds weird, but because they're not, if they look at like, you've all, you've talked about this a lot. Why does the rock fall this way? Why is it pointing this way? Why is the wood facing this direction in nature? What causes it? Is it current? Is it weather conditions? Is it the subsidence in the substrate? And like not looking at when you do an aquascape and you like the look, but not thinking about how would this occur in nature? What happened to create this look? And just looking at these natural habitats, that's what I've always found so fascinating about, you know, the flooded forests. Why does stuff end up where it does? Because it falls off a tree and water comes and submerges it. It's that cause and effect thing that I think is very interesting. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping that what we're seeing is a trend of that. I, I don't hear a lot of it being talked about. Yeah, I, I know. Not I know. Yet. I know. We talk yeah. about it quite a bit. Um, we do, but I, I'm hoping to hear more dialogue of of why something was placed the way it was placed, rather than, well, I did it because it follows the the golden ratio. Well, yeah, okay, follow the golden ratio, <laughs> but why is it pointing that way? Like, can do you have right. an explanation for it? And, and I don't. I'm not trying to like grill anybody on like you have to have an explanation for it. No, but no. Some things just don't settle well on the eye because somewhere deep within you, there's just something it's, it's not agreeing with it. There's a, 
you know, there's intrinsic values of certain elements that may or may not translate because they just seem unnatural. Like you're like, well, yeah, wood just doesn't do that, you know, or, or a rock is never going right. to be positioned like that. And not never just, but, but generally, generally not. not. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's yeah. gotta be some story behind it and, and building story yeah. into that. And what's the conversation that's being had about it visually? You know, what, what are we saying? Yeah. Well, that, that's, I think the, the neatest thing about planning an aquarium or, or executing an aquarium is when I got to be, I, I do not consider myself anything close to being a good aquascaper, but when I've got to be better and make more satisfying aquariums that I enjoy more, it's when I started looking at natural habitats and going exactly what you said, do that exercise. Why did the tree fall that way? Why is the root there? Why is that rock there? And I, I think part of my obsession lately too, has also been with roots. That's why I'm fascinated by your, uh, your sort of half, half filled thing, because I, I'm, I'm interested in that too, but I love roots terrestrial, the idea of terrestrial roots going into the aquarium. I know you've done some stuff with that before. And, and I, I've found that to be almost irresistible. I'm not sure if it's just, I like the materials that I use for those things, or if there's something about that environment. Maybe when I was a kid, I used to love, you know, when, when everybody go jump in the, the creek or river or whatever, I'd, I'd be like at the edge. It's same thing when I was a diver in the reefs, I would go, instead of in the reef, I would go to the edge of the reef where all the, the, the terrestrial environment interacts with it. I find those things fascinating. And I think that's, we all sort of have that I think the fascination is, is many times fueled by the, the mystery of it. It's like, yeah, we, we, yeah. What, what's there, you know, I can't see it. It's not, it's not normally in front of me. And you know, what would it be like to just shrink myself down and and be there? Um, what, what, what happens? Um, that stuff is, is just really dang cool. The, the other thing that I find fascinating, and I, we have never played with it, or, well, I can't say we, but we haven't done anything with this in, in the tenon realm lately, is we haven't done a lot with rock. Rock is not our thing, as we've talked about. We tried it for a while. It's just it's, our crowd's not into rock as much. But rocky outcroppings, rocky shorelines, little caves caused by rocks or whatever, cobble, that kind of stuff. Those are interesting too. I mean, I've seen some really nice all rock hardscapes done by, you know, really talented aquascapers. And I'm thinking, boy, they can take it to another level if rather than trying to mimic a, a mountainside yep. or some yep. thing, they could do a, a shoreline or something like, wow, that, that would be cool applying those skills. I wish I had those. Yeah. Skills, you, know you know, know what I mean? well, yeah. going, going back to, to challenging cool. yourself, you know, doing, doing dry scapes and just sitting there yeah. playing with the rocks, you're not going to get good at it until you do it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've done a lot of rock dominated scapes, especially in the nature aquarium days and Iwagumi and sure. whatnot. Um, there's a lot of power in stone and there will be, there will be a decent amount of rock in, in my new layout. It's, it's dominated by mm-hmm. wood, but um, you know, I think, I think the rock is going to play a role in this. And the, the images sure. that I was seeing and I was torn between two sections of of kind of what was out there in, in these environments. One is just, there tends to be just really wet, boggy, marshy conditions many times of the year when, when the water mm-hmm. kind of recedes. Um, and then in the wet season, things mm-hmm. flood and, and you'll see, you know, deeper water further out, or you might see branches or a fallen tree trunk or a rock outcropping that you would normally not see. Um, and then also right. where you see a lot of these very small streams that kind of have faster flowing water, you get this clear, open sort of sediment 
free section that's directly butt up next to a bunch of sediment and accumulated materials and leaf litter. And it's like, Ooh, there's cool. It's, it's like a clearly, like there's a juxtaposition. a juxtaposition there. There's like, a, there's a clearly defined line between the one environment where the other one meets. It's like, Holy crap. You have literally like just that. a pile of rocks and, and wood falling down and then a clear stream, you know, and, and, and then it's cool. mud and sand and it's like okay just nature just drew a line right there and was like this is where this stops and this is where this starts and and that's, that's the cool. thing i felt like a, there's a pressure somewhere in between that to explore what creates that line and and the lives on each side of them and so um yeah it's 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 going to be pretty neat, neat i think you know you know it's funny the other thing i would love to try at some point and i've been talking about this for years i maybe it's because i don't have the right tank the right wood or just haven't gotten around to it i love the idea of a big old fallen log i know you've talked about that too just a tank that it could be a shallow wide tank or something or it could be a deep tank but a big enough log to get that scale that look and the way material like leaf litter and maybe some stone or rubble aggregates around it that's a neat environment well, too and we don't see those often it, enough, yeah, right? Which is it's, one piece of yeah, well, I, I, I tried it. Do, right? So that's, that's funny that you say that because I originally in this tank, as you know, um, so the, our listeners don't know, but, um, uh, so, yeah, they don't know so Scott knows, um, I had Scott source, um, you know, specifically two massive pieces, like big, four, big four foot pieces. long yeah. pieces of, of wood. Uh, we were really looking for like anywhere from between three and four feet. And, um, you know, I found these pieces of wood and they were so good that I just didn't have the heart to cut them to fit into this longer tank. And I was like, yeah. I really wanted to do just this, yeah. these two logs laying on top of each other into this tank. And so I tried and tried and tried to work it into the system. Um, and it would have worked for uh, an aquarium that was full of water, but it just wouldn't work the right. way I wanted to in this one. And so now I'm I've got these two pieces of wood and what really needs to happen is I need a six foot by one foot by one foot aquarium specifically for these. And and then I'll do that. But, um, (laughs) you know, uh, so hopefully somebody will want to sponsor that. There you go. I've just never seen a tank that really represents other than I think a mono did one where it was just a big fallen log and his was covered in moss and plants. And it was gorgeous. One of the most beautiful tanks I've ever seen, but but I've never seen anybody really execute a great tank that represents just what happens around a big log when it submerged in water. And I think that's a compelling environment to me too. Um, kind of like what you're talking about where you have this thing, it's in the middle of open water maybe, and then there's a log and what gathers around it? How does the life come to it? What grows there? What lives there? And I think that's fascinating. Stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's paying attention to to nature, spending more time with, with nature or in it. And, you know, go get your feet wet and, and look at the stream or the river and be like, okay, so where do things accumulate? What, what happens here? Do the fish live on the underside or, or, you know, are they living in front of, or are they living around or what, what are they doing? Are they free and open swimming? What, yeah. What's going on here? How does it work? Um, you know, I think a lot of people could pick up fly fishing and, and really get a, a pretty good gist right. for, for how water works. They would have a, they would have a good fishermen have a great sense of where fish aggregate. Exactly. You know, the other thing I was going to ask you, and maybe this has just been on my mind lately because I geek out about weird stuff. Um, how come I, I, okay. I personally have never seen a well-executed aquarium that represents a cave uh, or a cave environment. 
maybe one reef tank I saw once that did it kind of well. But have you ever seen a, anybody do that? And granted, and not a lot of fishes that we play with come from caves, but there are some gobies and some kerosens that come from those habitats. Well, have you ever seen a good you know, cave? So, so the, I think the interesting thing there is it becomes scale and perspective. So, you know, if you look at a right. cave, okay, cool. Let's, let's, go, let's go into a cave of scale. Um, it's a really big, dark environment. So, you know, right. you're not going to see the cave in the picture, you know, at, at a snapshot when you're, when you're at right. scale, at least with the aquarium, you'll, you'll never, you might see the cave wall. Um, so you might have right. a, a wall of rock, um, depending on which angle it's at, or you might, you know, it's, it, so I guess from that perspective, you're not you're not going to pull one off, off because you you need a really really large I mean massive. you're talking massive you, you need a cave sized aquarium, um, so that one's difficult. But now we can take yeah. those elements. We can take you know dimly lit dappled light. Um, maybe use the types of stones or something that we would see in those environments and. Um, pay attention to how things, uh, you know, go in or out of the cave. What created the cave? Does it has any, right. you know, effect on the the water and uh, the qualities? And I don't say water qualities like uh, pH and those values, but the turbidity and and the movement and mm-hmm. um, you know, is it still? Is it this? Is it that? You know, th- those other qualities um, or expressions of of water flow. Um, and so I think, I think we could do that and probably get that idea across, but there's going to need to be something that prefaces yeah. like, Hey, this is a cave. Well, well, you know, the other, the other idea that I see a lot and I, I, I don't see it a lot, but I'm, I'm trying to draw it together mentally. So, you know, you see these, uh, I guess it's do aqua and I, and I think uh, a few other companies make these really nice, it's like a vivarium type tank where they have like a, you have like a mossy wall of, you know, mosses and bromeliads. And then there's a little bottom part that's aquatic that that's an interesting thing to do in a botanical setting too i think um, well i'm kind of kind of doing but, one of those now but it's more of a waterfall i have that yeah the dua um well, that, the yeah, dua terra 30 and you know it's mm-hmm. it's um it's a remarkable little aquarium um you know the bottom is is filled with leaf litter there's some some you know root type wood coming up out of it and you know, a, a ton of plants um, just growing up this waterfall uh, sort of back and yes. moss and everything else. It's, it's a beautiful environment, but. That's a neat environment because that really represents a slice of kind of a jungle or whatever. Um, but I think doing something there with rock would be really interesting. There's a, there's a guy. Yeah. Um, Waimea escapes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. He's, he's here, here in, in LA. LA. He's here in LA. And, um, he does, he did one of those, I believe with a, a really beautiful rock in it and moss growing down. And it was really, really simple. Huh. Um, and I think that's a good idea, huh. but maybe sort of abstaining from as much planted surface and, and really focusing right. on some of those other elements. Somebody could probably come up with something really cool. I think that's, you, you touched on an interesting point though. You, you said abstaining from some of those other elements. And I think as Aquarius we tend to mess with stuff too much sometimes, right? We don't want to, we don't want to stop because we're, 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 we like to do stuff and we go a little too far, maybe too many plants, too many rocks, too oh, much man. sand. Too, we sometimes, 
and we and we take it too far and then we go ah it doesn't look right and we can't figure out what it is and it's probably because we just went just a little past where we should have been we should have stopped I, i'm no, i'm mean? the i'm the <laughs> i'm i'm not i was gonna say i'm, I'm the worst with this but i, <laughs> I don't mean totally i'm the worst with overcomplicating. i'm, I'm you're i think that, that you're going to see a trend of of sort of minimalist aquascaping or approach in in elements um it's much mm-hmm. easier to focus on doing something you know one or two things really well rather than uh, this hodgepodge cornucopia kaleidoscope sort agreed. of perspective uh to yep. aquascaping but you know for years i mean i think the the last time i covered it because i got grilled so hard um was 2014 (laughs) macna uh the marine aquarium conference north america um i was a speaker and i covered a topic um about aquascaping and really just talk about distillation and yeah and and, and, you know and and teaching color theory and and composition and, and some of the basic elements to to just you know, art theory, I guess. Um, but was, you know, Hey guys, reduce these things down. Um, there's a power in repetition, um, of, of, you know, pattern and, and scale that can have tremendous impact. And, you know, I was talking about marine aquariums at the time. It's like, maybe let's just use one coral in this tank or two corals. it's a plague in that hobby because it's the part of the joy of the marine hobby for these people. A lot of these people is to collect different corals. It's hard to say make a right. mono specific tank, just like it is with a planted tank. I, I wow. I mean, when was the last time you saw an all helio? Well, you do in the where, Iwagumi, you know, but it's a different expression. And so it's like, well, can right, we do right. a um, can we do a nature aquarium style tank that limits the species like you would see in the wild where there's only two predominant species or one predominant species. You do your scape without needing to rely on these other little bells and whistles. You know, it's like, let's just see how good you are at scaping with just green Rotala and that's it. And, and, and wood or rock and, um, you know, let's, let's see a, a natural looking substrate with this thing. Let's let's not see this manicured yeah. sort of uh, overly developed um, landscape. Let's let's throw some leaf litter down and, and see what that looks like. Um, yeah. yeah, I would challenge people to to do that. See, that's cool. That's one one of the to this day one of my favorite tanks I ever pulled off was the one that I did. It was the sixty yeah. F that that uh, eighty eight sixty F of just leaf litter, just leaf litter. There was something about the look of that tank that I want to do on a big scale, like a six foot tank version of that, where it's just leaf litter. You did something, the, the, the tank that you've been featuring, and I know we'll talk about some of the things that happened in that tank in another episode, but the tank that you've been featuring lately with your pencil fish and the checkerboard cichlids, it, it's the closest thing to that yep. philosophy. It's like, it, it's, it's simple leaves and just a, a sort of a tangle of just some beautiful branches. And that's it. You didn't overplay your hand with that. You kept the elements limited. And there's something gorgeous I, well, about that tank. Thank you. It's very you. accessible for anybody. But yeah. yet there's an, you know what I mean? There, the, and I knew it was deliberate. You didn't just drop. Well, I mean, I, I, did. Oh, yeah. I, I did. I did, but I did. Um, <laughs> I, I carefully selected right, right. those things. But I mean, that's. But I didn't escape the tank. For anybody who, let me interrupt. Yeah, let me interrupt real quick. For anybody that is wondering about the tank we're talking about, it's on our Instagram feed now. There's some shots of it up there mm-hmm. on our stories, and I think you might have put some shots of it. 
that's a neat tank. So, go on. Yeah, I mean, sorry, it, sorry it looks like a pile of sticks and leaves. Um, <laughs> okay. It, but, but that's, that's what's really what cool about this tank is, and so that well, that was the other thing, and that's kind yeah. of a trend that that I think um, we're going to see in in Honestly. in twenty twenty one is going to be you know a more honest narrative yeah. with the aquariums, but also elevation. And so what I really love about this tank, and I think maybe yeah. juxtapositions, um, is going to be like what is the dichotomy? What what what's going on here in the aquarium environment and the space in which it is, you know, occupying. And what I love about that yeah. tank is, yeah, I picked these elements and I kept it really simple. It's, it's, you know, predominantly the same sort of root type wood, which is now available on the site. I oh, hack the name every single time. Oh, oh, it's Ben, 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 yeah, ben, Tegu, ben Tegu, yeah. Yeah. Bentigi root. It's a, it's a coastal mangrove. So really, really cool. Yeah, I wasn't stuff. staying biotope specific i'm using a, a southeast asian root mm -mm. in a south american themed yeah. aquarium um yeah which is okay guys everybody it's okay to do that. <laughs> roots a root a root it gets a root. the impression um i th i threw that down and yep. uh only uh guava leaves so it's just like okay it's guava leaves this it's you know our new nature-based substrates i mixed the varzea and the agapo which are from two different sides of the world and um well, yeah, South America. Yeah, South yeah. America um, yeah, so, yeah, you know, two different sides of South yeah. America and, um, you know, uh, they're, they're, different yeah, they're, they're not one in the same, but they, they work really well together. And so I, I created this environment together. and then right. the juxtaposition was putting it in this really elegant, um, industrial design, this, this architecture, this aquarium, the glass yeah. stand, you know, um, that was another one where, you know, Ultimate Systems got you know, a glass stand in the tank and it's got the cool, uh, you know, lily pipes and, and all of the other elements to it. It's, it's very refined and it's like, it's taking yeah. this dirty mucky thing but, and, and, and just really, really elevating exactly. it and, and making it, um, not making it something that it's not, but just giving it the space that, that it deserves. The space. Well, that may be the dirtiest, muckiest tank I've ever seen you do. I, 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 I mean, I, in terms of the pure distillation of that. I mean, it's like you look at the close-ups of the videos you take. That, that substrate is like disorganized. It's the fish throw it up uh, and it's covering the leaves at some point. It looks exactly like what you'd see in nature without trying very hard to look like what you see in nature. And yet there's an artistic feel to it because, like you said, the whole setting it's just a tremendous tank with influence from so many different things. It's that I agree with you. That may be, I hate to use the word trend, right? But I think that may be a style. That yeah. I, I mean, and it's, it's something certainly talk to a lot of people. Yeah. They, they do like, really it. like it. And I think it's something fun that people should explore because it's just, it's really yeah. a rewarding type of layout. I, I love the, the lowness of it. The, there's a, you know, the height, it's very yeah, shallow, shallow and, and it's just a different season. Yeah. Like those fish came from, and I, I selected just a few fish from my larger tank that I needed to make space out of, um, you know, for the new one and, and, and move mm -hmm. some things around. Um, you know, and it just, I was like, well, let's give them a different time of year and we can talk about that more. But as soon as I put them in this new tank, they all started yeah. spawning. And so that was just really interesting. I, you know, and, and cool. so I'd like yeah. to see, I'd like to see some more people, trying some things um like that 
just because I think they'll enjoy it, uh, not because, you know, I have really any other reason. Right, right. And I mean, in the end of the day, you do do the tank you want to do. We're not trying to dictate style, but we're. But, but I, I know a lot of people have asked me, and I know you get probably as many questions about that as I do. What should I do? I've got this fish. I want to do da 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 da. What, what kind of root do I use? What kind of wood? What do you think I should do? And it's like sometimes you just have to just do. I, I think the best lesson I ever got in aquariums was actually from you. And you remember this, the day when I was, you were over at my house and I was redoing a tank and I was just frustrated and I couldn't figure out what to do. And you're like, dude, just yeah. drop some wood in there. <laughs> and I just dropped some mangrove pieces. And it ended up being one of my favorite tanks I ever did because it just, it, it was what I wanted, but I didn't know that I wanted. Sometimes you have to like step outside yourself. And the thing I love about this tank that we're talking about that you're doing right now is there's something just so accessible about it to everybody. It's elegant, yet it, it's, it's an expression of nature it doesn't require you to get really, really high concept, but on the other hand, you can take it as far as you want. Well, and it's it's and it, cheap. I, I, you know, about it's, that that's the other thing that's really kind of cool about it. Yeah, it's I'm it's, a, it's a pretty cool. I mean, so <laughs> aside from the canvas, like that, Ultim isn't really expensive, but it's it's a nice yeah, tank, beautiful tank. and it's a nice stand. So so beautiful let's tank. let's move and aside from that, but yeah. like what's what's inside of it is fairly accessible. It's eight dollars in leaves, I think. And, um, yeah. And you know, you've got a piece of this wood. I think, I think I probably have 30 to $50 in wood in this tank, which I'll reuse in something else. Yeah. And $20 in fish. I mean, it's, it's a, it's not an expensive tank that the substrate's probably the most expensive thing out of the bunch, you know, and I'm, and it's (laughs) just cause I had to get, two yeah. bags. So, you know, and I, I'm using just a dusting. Yeah. Um, I, I still have such substrate left yeah. over, but I wanted both types. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a really, really easy tank and a maintenance on it. I think that's another trend for, for the, you know, 2021 is going to be enjoy the tank more and spend mm-hmm. less time fiddling with it. Like, yeah, I, I get the therapeutic yeah. aspect of aquarium maintenance and that's still there. And I enjoy the heck sure. out of it. You know, I still use a razor blade on my tank every day and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, yes. you have the so, you know, I'm, I'm doing those yeah. things. Yeah. And I think glass maintenance is very much different than, you know, fiddling with the, uh, the environment. Um, so you're saying just maintain the glass, yeah, keep, keep, it really keep clean your equipment pristine it, it and leave like the rest of it alone. Agreed. You know, I, yeah. I, I think just, there's something really nice about that tank where I just don't have to do a lot to it. And it just, you know, you go and you yeah. look at it, it's small. You can digest the entire thing in one viewing. And um, there's a lot of different little nooks and crannies and, and, and bits and pieces that, that make it very interesting at a, at a macro sort of micro level. Um, but, right. you know, you can take it in in one breath. It, it to me is well, I don't want to say what it should be. This is what I envision when I think of a botanical style aquarium. All of my best aquariums were, were much, I don't want to say the same as yours, but that, that same philosophy of not too many different things, not too much of anything, giving it the space, as you like to say, giving it the space to breathe and function. And, and it's like, those have always been the most enjoyable tanks to me. Ones where I haven't just overdone and overthought and constantly, like you said, messing with every leave. You, 
you put this thing in and you're a classically trained aquascaper for you to put this stuff in there and not constantly want to move around the leaves as they break down or that's like a huge thing yeah, for a lot of people. It's difficult to overcome. But you did this and it works so but it works so well with your philosophy of keep the damn glass really clean, keep the equipment clean, put it in a beautiful setting. It's a simple tank done really well. And I think that that again, I, I can't say enough about this tank because it, it really touched me. There's a few tanks that really hit me this year. That's one of them that Everybody needs to check this one Thanks. out. It just something uh, about that. Tank. I'll tell you though, it, it, it yeah, has, really like um, it has presented, uh, some problems. You know, there's, there is a, an, yeah. So there, there's an issue What's here biggest, where so? you, you, the tank doesn't have the same feel or impact if it's crowded. And so, yeah, you know, as Aquarius, all of us are like, well, I need another tank to do this idea and this idea and this idea. And then, and then you, you fill up your house right. and you fill up a room with them. But this is one of those types of tanks where it sits in our living room, you know, uh, and my wife and I enjoy it. And it has a couple of plants by it, but it, it doesn't have another tank next to it. It's not competing for attention. It's got its own space. It, it lives mm -hmm. in there. Um, and you have to really kind of view it as such, like this thing occupies and lives in, and it creates uh, its own atmosphere and space. And when you put another right. tank next to it or something, it just really kind of jacks up the whole view. And so um, the problem I'm running into now is, you know, yeah. pseudo content creator. Um, I'm like, well, I want right. to do another you tank. Or I'm like, well, tank. I'm running out of walls. And so that's, that's become kind of an issue where you're like, eh, these things need their own space to live yeah. and breathe. So now I'm having to focus on, um, the quality of each one of these tanks and why that's important and um, really make sure that I'm checking all the boxes that are important to me and uh, in each one of them that I do now. Right. And so my tanks are more careful. My tanks are a lot more careful now. And I think that will also be a trend is, yeah. you know, uh, time and resources are scarce. And if you're going to be spending the time with something, yeah. I think you should just really really give it its all kill it yeah well you know that's why uh, we were talking about shrimpery uh on instagram you should definitely follow him with his tank one of the beautiful things about his little little tiny little tank is the amount of time the guy spends beautifully manicuring i mean he gets enormous pleasure out of it and the tank is gorgeous but it's just that one tank just done so incredibly well and i think that's whether it's planted or whatever you're doing i think that's a great philosophy to just really really do well and i guess with you and i we've had to get off of our normal game of because we we try to inspire people who are showing different looks it's hard to lose our get away from our normal philosophy which is just let a tank run its course for as long as it wants to because we have to iterate tanks to get new ideas out it, and that's it, a little challenge it is that that part is really really Letting difficult go. is is moving at the cadence of the de sort of demand it, you know, people may not think about this one necessarily, yeah. but um, you know, I'm, I'm scrambling to get an aquarium up so that we can get it out, get some photographs, get people inspired and show them what's going on and, and some possibilities so that yeah. they can enjoy themselves. But we kind of do it at the sacrifice of not really enjoying yourself. Um, right. And not running it the way we'd normally run a tank, which is to leave the damn thing alone for months and months and months. Years right. for that matter. Yeah. So none of my aquariums, process. like I, I allowed two aquariums aside from my, my Dua Terra 30, which has been up for a year and a half now, I think. Um, 
No, going on two years. Mm -hmm. Um, Every other aquarium, you know, lives about three months to six months tops. Some of them only live one month. Um, And it, it, it's really tough. You know, these, the larger tanks that I've done have gone on about nine months to a year. And a lot of that reason is, is ethics and showing people that it can be achieved. Like this is a sustainable thing. Yeah. Sustainably, this is a real thing. And if anything, they've gotten easier and and more simple over time. Um, And, you know, I don't think I need to to prove that point anymore. I think that people get it. um, You know, that they're, they're understanding that. I think, I think there's enough. I think uh, we, and I say we as a community, I think, we have all, it, when, when people first started getting into botanical style aquariums or natural botanical style aquariums, whatever we want to call them, it was, at first it was a proof of concept. If you start throwing all this stuff in the tank, are the fish going to die? Then it was like, no, not only are they going to die, they're going to thrive. They can do all kinds of things. But what happens? Well, stuff starts breaking down, biofilms start forming. There's like all these phases you go through. And now it's like people kind of know what to expect. And now they're applying these other ideas, like you're talking about to the genre to the approach and that's what's really fun and these tanks don't always hit their stride until two three months in so it's remarkable when you can get a tank that's only up for two or three months and it's so on point and and uh, more so cool. than than that's even like with the planted aquarium thing so i i see this a lot and and i think that's a crowd yeah. that in some ways is more well prepared for botanical style aquariums or black water but at the same time also has this I thing so. working against them where in in a um in a planted aquarium, you have a natural progression of things, but it's on a growth level. You're, you're watching something grow and there's an instant gratification yeah. that you get once you plant it. With a blackwater aquarium, you lay the foundation and you put in things and watch them yeah, disappear and, and, and disintegrate disappear, and, ephemeral. and yeah. become <laughs> something else in the system. Right. And so that part is different. And exactly. I think that's where a lot of box are getting sort of checked is now with the introduction of, you know, introduction of more plants, watching the plants grow while they consume the breaking down of the botanicals and the the other things that are happening. And so. Good good point. We're seeing a lot more interest from planted aquarium enthusiasts. And that's really neat. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's, it's pretty exciting. And I think that there's going to be, a lot for them to offer, um, you know, the Blackwater community oh, yeah. um, and just aquarium keeping in general. And I think that, you know, with these two sort of sides, if you even want to call it that, these two different ideologies or these two different groups of individuals that are, are trying to do something differently, I think when they start coming together, they're, they're coming up with a, a new oh, thing that is... Um, more sustainable and more accurate and more enjoyable. And um, it's just a really cool thing. There's, there's room for everybody. That's the beauty. I want to see more of our reefing friends go into this style of aquarium, this type of aquarium, because it, you, they could bring that element too. reefers are good at sustaining an ecosystem. Um, some are a little, you know, a little anal about things, but others are, they understand the holistic approach and that works very well with with a botanical style aquarium as do the planet guys who understand yep. how to create an environment that works well with, with the style aquarium. There's, there's so many things that we can draw from different directions and it's, it's exciting. And that's, I, I agree. That's going to continue to be a kind of a trend, uh, if you will, 
in 2021 and beyond of people bringing different skills to the game. I just think it's, it's yeah, I, you know, in, in your, your point and, um, and desire to see more of these reefing, um, <clears throat> reef keeping individuals come, come over to this side. It, it, I wonder if, and, and kind of to your point of also the, the aquarium that you are inspired to do, um, you know, the brackish or marine aquarium. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could go back and do a reef. Day. I'm I'm actually curious to to try it. I don't think I could do a traditional reef. I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I agree because I I go on the sites and I, you know and I go on the, the the forums that I used to frequent. And I look at these reef tanks. I'm like, this doesn't interest me anymore. It looks like a fruit stand. It's not what I want. But when I look at pictures of like a mangrove in a lagoon, and the associated catalophilia and you know, euphilia and the, you know, tridacna clams and things around the base of the, uh, the, uh, the mangrove and maybe some pasta and like some colorful yep. fish. I'm going, Oh, and there's leaves on the bottom. And I'm like, that is cool. And seagrass and stuff like that. That's what I think that the traditional perception of a reef aquarium with all the See, and I'm, I'm, I'm there with you on that one. I, I don't think I could you, know, you, you said euphelia and I, I, I get torn when I'm like well I I don't even like seeing euphelia next to euphelia para divisa or divisa I'm like eh, like I, I can't I can't do that I'm like I'm like it's gotta be one which one is it guy yeah I'm like is yeah exactly you know? right <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I want to do an all Pasilopora tank, just one pink Pasilopora head. That would be my reef tank if I ever yeah. do a reef tank again, a conventional reef tank. And like blue damsels, and that's it. People would just be like, why? And yeah. Because like, that's what I like. Yeah, I'm um, there. But 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 that's that's the beauty. So, I mean, yeah, I'd like to see that crowd kind of come in because the skill set is interesting. Um, and, 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 and again, I, I think – you know, from from us at, uh, at Tannen, I think, and and hopefully a lot of our creative partners, uh, people doing stuff that that share it with us, I think you're going to see a lot of different executions of familiar ideas this year. I think that's what you're going to see because people are more yep. confident working with this stuff. I mean, every one of know. our you know team artists and sponsored scapers are all doing just tremendous things with new ideas and then polishing some of the older ideas. And I mean, look, look at what, yeah. you know, Mitch has done aficionado. He he has done so many cool things over the last year Oof. and, yeah. and he's a reefer. Crazy. Um, he's a reefer. But he's got mangroves growing out of the top of that yeah. tank. Um, but yeah, you does. know, really forward thinking exactly. and um, pretty holistic in his approach and, and also, you know, unconventional. He He's not scared to, to mix certain things that are kind of uh, would be taboo yeah. in the, in the biotope world yet. Then you have stuff like KJ, right. You know, KJ, the aquarist, he, he's killing just, it, you know, doing just killing it as close as you can get to biotopically correct or biotopically, you know, inspired aquariums. And they're within these specific niches and, you know, just the healthiest, yeah. happiest, fattest, coolest little fish and, with the most personality. And- and really cool little fish. One of the things I like about what KJ is doing um, is is his selection of fish. Right. It's not the conventional type fish that you'd expect. And you're like, wow, that is really amazing that he's using, you know, uh, that particular cichlid or that particular killifish or whatever he's using at the time. You're like, that. wow, I wouldn't have thought of using that in, a, in this yep. type of tank, even though that's the perfect environment for it. 
It's just not a fish you think about getting highlighted. And you and I have talked about this many times before about why not take a common fish, you know, a head and tail light tetra, put it in just the ultimately cool setting for itself. There's something beautiful about that. I well, mean, that's the, the purest that aspect. So it's like you have this like unconventional this. and then you've got purists and then, yeah. you know, you have individuals that are thinking completely out outside the box. Look at, um, you know, look at Alex, um, you know, uh, Aquascape AF, you know, yeah. he, the, his AF. recent yeah. Belize aquarium, you know, it's very, very much kind of what I'm doing, Stunning. which was, he was another draw of inspiration. Um, I'm doing an Indian version of sort of that. That is just beautiful foliage and and plants growing, you know, you know, out of the water and, and there's this immersed environment and um, you know, really interesting fish underneath and yeah. um, you know, totally different take on it. And then you have something completely opposite of that with like rotoscapes. Rotoscapes, you know, Rodolfo, he's got yes. a, a, a full blown orchidarium. There's no water and he's now exploring flooding yeah. the thing and leaving it flooded for a while and then draining it back down and um which yeah is it's right just it's rad it's like so it's gonna be cool. you know black water isn't just black water botanicals isn't just botanicals you know you, you've got this natural approach to now even just no. growing orchids in a in a you know contained sort of environment and um just yeah, and and I Managing think it's, that environment. it's really yeah. refreshing, it's brilliant to see you know people with more of a traditional background, like you know he's traditional nature aquarium style, you know a mono esque just through and through, but is doing this whole other thing that's mm-hmm. brand new. You know, it's just really cool to see. I think that's... there's going to be a lot of new stuff out there to, this year. It is cool. It, it... Exactly. I think that's the excitement. And 2021 is just going to be a fun year. And, and uh, we'll probably hint on, hit on it another time, but we have some, <clears throat> excuse me, some more new products coming out that are going to be a lot of fun <clears throat> and very interesting. And I think they'll tie together some of those disciplines, the, the planted tank people, vivarium people, um, you know, aquarists. There's going to be a lot of neat developments. We'll, we'll hit on that another time. Um, but, uh, yeah, you mean, no, I think, I think it was just nice to have a chat and, um, get back into the swing of things for, for myself. Um, you know, uh, hopefully this was still insightful for some people, you know, my, my brain is mostly not fogged, but, um, it's still kind of weird. Um, so, (laughs) you know, I'm, I've got, I've got nothing to part with necessarily. Um, I just hope that uh, everybody's enjoying themselves, um, you know, starting off into the new year. And, and I'd love to hear yeah. uh, more of what people's ideas are and, and what they think other people are going to be exploring and, um, you know, share them. Yeah. Share your ideas and your pictures. We'd like to see that. We'd love to see what everybody's doing because everybody wins when we share and we support each other with those kind of cool ideas, especially if you're trying some concept that maybe you were a little nervous about. I think it's great to get it out there and 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 show people and that you're yeah. you're not afraid yeah. to try something. Yeah, enjoy different. yourself. Do do what you want. Cool. So, all right. All right. Well, Johnny, it was good talking to you. We'll catch up soon. And uh, everybody out there, thanks for listening into this special uh, edition. We'll have some. Uh, I think we're gonna have an, a guest on. The next I sure. Week, I sure hope we'll, so. We'll, yeah. Maybe we'll do another couple of guest shows. So, yep, for that. Cool. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that soon. So.